0: Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. So, so Lisa Lyman completely messed up my plans. You completely messed up my plans I have I've been Preparing to teach And I will I'll Just what I'm having to do is stretch this Into two weeks now So Nicole's going to have to get pushed back to February Because I think You're the last Sunday Tanner will be speaking the last Sunday um, But I knew I wanted to speak On the Lord's Prayer and just kind of unpack it and dig into uh, the Lord's Prayer. And so at the beginning, before Jesus teaches his men, before he gives the answer to their request, their request was, teach us to pray. In fact, let's read the passage. Luke 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he had ceased, when he stopped praying, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And we could probably all start the process and pray the Lord's Prayer from memory as one of the first things we're taught after John 3.16 we're taught when we come into the body of Christ when we are born into the kingdom one of the first things we memorize is the Lord's prayer people that don't even walk with the Lord know the Lord's prayer and uh, so we sent out the church email and the title of the sermon was teach us to pray because this was going to be my this was going to be my text and then I was going to go in and and give you the response to their prayer, their, their petition, teach us, teach us to pray. And then, so Lisa Lyman sent me a link written by Corey Russell, who is part of Upper Room. And, but he wrote this when he was part of IHOP up in Kansas City. And uh, so Corey is gonna be preaching today. Because when I read this, it so gripped my heart that I just had to share it with you. So, I'll just let you know, I'm reading Corey's words. But they are now my words. And I just want you to listen and grasp the heart of the matter. Teach us, Lord, teach us to pray. That was their request. They spent morning, noon, and night with him for three and a half years. They heard every message, witnessed every miracle, every healing, every deliverance, and every release of power. We're okay now. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Pastor Z. They witnessed everything, every supernatural experience. Now, think about what I just said. These guys followed him for three and a half years and saw everything. Let's say today an outpouring of the Spirit was released. And God anointed Tanner to travel all through the nations to release the power, healing, and deliverance. And that for three and a half years, you got to be in every meeting, hear every message, watch every miracle. And then would get to hang with them at the hotel, ask questions. What what did you mean by that message? What did you feel when the healings broke out? Was there an unction? Did was there some kind of supernatural experience? Just you got to spend overall every day, every night with Tanner while God is pouring out miracles all over. Now, consider what we just said about the disciples and the years they spent with him and multiply that by a billion. And it still pales in comparison to what those young men experienced with Jesus for three and a half years. They were brought into the inner circle and given a front row seat in witnessing the day and night life and ministry of Jesus. It doesn't get any better than that. And yet, it wasn't his messages, healings, deliverances that they wanted to be taught in. They undoubtedly learned so many things from witnessing all of these glorious realities. Yet still, we don't see one recorded time in all of scripture where they asked Jesus to teach them about any of that. Instead, they wanted his prayer life. You know, different ones in the church, Uh, I just, I love the relationships that we get to walk out together and how God knits our hearts together. But I just want to draw attention to Steve and Lisa Lyman and the friendship that Nicole and I have formed with them, and uh, I want to say, particularly for me, when what, what, I am so drawn to by Lisa is that it is evident that she is a woman that prays. It's, it's like, I want to be her friend just because I know she talks to God. I know just being around her. In fact, if if there are any hard cases in our life, the first person we call, particularly Nicole, will call uh, Lisa. And Lisa, we need you to pray. So I don't want to puff up any single person, but I'm just wanting to draw attention to things in people's lives. I remember when you've heard me share the story where uh, Tommy Taney came to our church when Nicole and I were Married and she was pregnant with coal. And the glory of God invaded our church. And you've heard me share those stories. But what I haven't shared with you is. I remember he was in town for a few days. I remember that next day after this incredible encounter. I just went over to my pastor's house. I invited myself over because I just wanted to be in the room sit and watch and listen to the conversations he would have with other people in the room. I didn't even you know if I had an opportunity to talk with him I would but I just wanted to be around someone that I knew had been in a place of prayer. They watched this man live in complete surrender and dependence on the Father. And it looked like something. It looked like a life of prayer. EM Bounds, you've heard we've we've how many of you received or went and picked up the book or ordered the book, the E.M. Bounds Book on Prayer? Uh, I held it up last week. Uh, I know several of you went to get your copy. E.M. Bounds, one of his uh, quotes is he once said that it was worth a trip from heaven to earth to teach men to pray. And if there was one lasting impression Jesus made on those who were around him the most, it was His praying, his communing praying, his agonizing praying, his joyful praying, his grieving and sorrowful praying, his faith-filled praying, his confident praying, his weeping. And his loud praying. Jesus could go from preaching a message to prayer without skipping a beat. Prayer wasn't a religious activity. In order to obtain a successful ministry. But it was where he lived. Those disciples watched him rise a long while before dawn. And pray. They watched him pray. Through the night. In agonizing prayer. They watched him rejoice. Before God in prayer. And above all. They heard. The way he talked to God. And they were undone. God wasn't a far off. Distant. Stoic being. He was Abba, Father. They connected the dots and knew that Jesus' public life of ministry was the result of his private life of prayer. From his first public message to his last, he emphasized prayer. Luke states, He often withdrew and prayed. It wasn't a side part of his life. It wasn't the salt on the meal, it was the meal. Not only did he teach on prayer, he prayed. They watched him pray. They watched God the Son talk to God the Father through God the Spirit. They saw the intimacy the vulnerability and the intensity that came out as he prayed he emptied himself of all of his divine privileges throwing himself fully on the father one of my favorite verses is john 17:1 just this was jesus jesus spoke these words he's he's i want you to catch what's happening he spoke these words lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father and then he prayed this prayer but see it jesus was speaking to them and in a second he turned to prayer he lifted up his eyes and said father He went from preaching to prayer effortlessly and with his eyes open towards heaven, he spoke. The disciples desire to be taught in prayer was so much more than getting a good prayer life. Not just something they could do so they could have a more effective ministry. But it was based on the fact that they had watched him. Heard him. And they were provoked. Jesus. As the greatest leader ever. Provoked one thing. Out of those. Who saw him the most. A desire. For his prayer life. Teach us to pray. They saw the dead raised. They saw his hand. His finger right in the dust. Freeing a woman from her accusers. They saw him. Speak to a troublesome storm. And the wind calmed down. And the waves ceased. And they marveled at his words. That who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him. But what they were provoked to was his prayer life. They connected the dots and realized, I want that. This right here should cause every person, whether it be influencing your family, your circle of friends, your co workers, whether you're a pastor or a construction worker, to reassess what exactly our impact is on those who are around us the most, those who see us the most and hear us the most. Do they want our prayer life? Or do they want our worship gift? Our prayer life, our, our intellect ability, our intellectual ability, our networking skills, our favor, our wisdom. When no one is watching, what is your life provoking the most in those that are around you? I want you to just really think about that. I want, to, I want you to let it convict you. Not, not to, I'm not trying to bring guilt to anybody. I'm trying to. If it makes you uncomfortable, then I want it to make you uncomfortable. I want you to have a look at yourself. Charles Spurgeon said, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. This is a staggering statement coming from arguably one of the greatest preachers who ever lived. One of the most gifted orators understood this, yet so few today with lesser giftings understand this. What Charles understood is that gifting, ability, and grace is born Cultivated, matured, and empowered through a life of prayer. Who cares if you have faith to move mountains? Wisdom to build empires. Giftings to shake nations if you don't have love. So you can work miracles, but you treat people like Do, do, and that love, that presence can only be found in a place of communion with the Father. I love this. I love this, what he wrote. I believe we are going to see a generation of parents who are going to lay hold of this vision. If you're a parent in the room, hear me now. And it will release a movement of the Spirit among the next generation, those that are watching us. I believe our kids will remember our tears, our prayers, and the presence of Jesus on our life far more than Anything else? I have a vision that our kids will wake up in the morning, run into the living room and see mom or dad on the couch with their Bible open. With their notebook open, worship music on with tears and prayers flowing. Our kids will never forget those moments as one resounding revelation hits them. Jesus is not a a once-a-week meeting, but is a real person who their mom and dad are connected to. That will do more to shift the cultures in our homes and in our society than anything we've ever seen. I believe this will do more to shift a less than 4% church engagement, than any strategy or technique we can come up with. I love getting texts from Mike and Adri every, every weekend. Uh, but I loved, they were, uh, at the end of service last week, we had people praying for one another. And so they're, following along, and they're doing what we're doing. And so Mike prayed, Adri prayed, and then they had Jeremiah pray. What did Jeremiah say? I didn't know you were going to give me that. Uh, he's at home. I didn't know you were going to give me the mic. And so, but but they're, they're, they're teaching prayer at home. It's not just something that you put on when you're at church. I remember, I remember one of the greatest feelings as a dad, Uh, a couple years ago, I was in my office with my back to the door playing, worshiping. I was just worshiping in my room all by myself, just praying and worshiping. And and, uh, at one point, I didn't realize that Gracie woke up and had come downstairs and she was just sitting on the stairs watching me. when i finished i got up and i turned and i saw her there and then she we really didn't even talk about it but i saw a tweet a little later in the day she she just tweeted i love to hear my dad worship i forget exactly what it was something like that i love listening to my dad i love to wake up hearing my dad worship we are in desperate need for a generation of people to rise up with deep, consistent, consistent lives of prayer. From our homes to the churches, to our pulpits, to our schools, we need people to come forth that take their crowns of gifting, wisdom and ability and cast them Constantly down before the Lamb by prioritizing time spent in prayer. Where are those who will focus on ministry to God above every other ministry? I believe it's time for people to not become just a jack-of-all-trades, but to seek to become the master of one. That's interaction with heaven. This next generation desperately needs mothers and fathers to take them by the hand and introduce them to the most beautiful and glorious person, Jesus training them in this glorious school that we never graduate from, the school of prayer. So So I have a lot of people that look to me as, after years of leading worship, uh, you, you guys know I get called Papa David now from a, from, Young worship leaders rising up. They've watched me do this and. uh, Blaze a trail when nobody else was. Pursuing the presence when everybody else was trying to entertain people. And so there's this there's this sense of of that that I'm honored that they look to me and call me. They look to me as an apostle, but. But what convicts me is, when my journey is finished, will they know me as a man of prayer? Wow. So will my own church recognize that I'm a man who prays? That it's not just something we do to start and end service but they know that it's something there's, there's something when we were, uh, we were in Colleen at my cousin's church Thursday night and, uh, Nicole had to stay home cause Carson was sick. And, uh, so instead of them quarantining, they sent me away and I had to stay at a hotel for a couple of nights <laughs> cause Nicole said, I don't want you to get sick before Sunday because you got to preach. And so, uh, But so Gracie went with me and so Gracie and I were leading worship at this church and uh, there was a lady that stopped Gracie and said. It is just so evident when I watch you worship that you've been in the presence of Jesus. So I don't even want a church. Just for the social aspect. I I don't even want to try to lead people just so that I can put a feather in my cap. Or a star in my crown and say, look what I did. Unless we can impart and instill a passion to pursue Jesus. Not Not just with our giftings. But with the posture of our heart and sometimes the music just has to be turned off and see what can rise up out of the people of god what can come out of their hearts that aren't relying on a crutch don't have a keyboard to hide behind or or to make excuses for i remember for years as the worship pastor you know it's like they would have all of these uh prayer sessions and people would come out of the choir and lay hands on people. And you remember those days? It's like, and I'd like, I, you know, I was like, I had a good reason. I'm here at the keyboard. I have to keep this thing going. But this is my commitment to you. I need some musicians to come up. Cause I'm, I'm finished. And, uh, I didn't know when we started this month on prayer. We, 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 Nicole and I spoke together the last Sunday at Courtyard Marriott, and we talked about the way to lead forward. You remember that? We even uh, reminded you last week that in order to m- lead forward, we have to be a people of prayer. We have to be a prophetic people and a presence people. And so we decided that at the top of the year that we wanted to Lay a firm foundation, especially as we were getting ready to do the 21 day fast. Uh, People are doing it in the body of Christ all over the world. So this is probably the most united the church will be all year long in in this season of of praying and fasting. It's also. uh, I'll I'll save that for next week started talking a little bit. I'll just save that for next week. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.